pulled this. Okay. I'm through fucking around. Yo, what the hell is that? It's a grenade I tied to a Russian tank shell. Why not just the grenade? The grenade blows up like two people. How many people does this blow up? I don't know. I invented it this morning. What? Eat peace, motherfuckers! Go! again pop heads it's been a minute welcome back to the tomcast podcast like i promised there would be special shows popping up here and there all around on occasion so i hope you've all stayed subscribed or else i'm just talking to myself today which not all that not that all not even all that different from the usual weeks that i'm doing the show but yeah we we wanted to get together and by we i mean me I wanted to put this episode out for everybody because, well, recently we, I, I became so enamored with, with the show uh, that I felt the need to, to share it with the world, not just the the Patreon subscribers uh, who are now uh, known as the Mandavision Maniacs for supporting the Mandavision show, uh, but I was so delighted and, and enjoyed and enjoyed <laughs> and overwhelmed and filled with joy when I'd watch every episode of the series that I felt the compulsion to come back and do a special edition of the show uh, for people who aren't Patreons, because I want to I kind of give you a taste of what we're doing over on the Patreon, what you're missing out on if you're not a subscriber. And again, it, that, that's not necessarily like, like <laughs> that's not necessarily supposed to sound like, hey, by the way, give me your money. <laughs> I just want to give you a taste. You know, this is, this is what we were calling the Do You Really Want to Taste It edition of our Peacemaker review. Uh, sitting down with my good friend Reagan from the Come On Is So Good podcast and, and breaking down, reviewing, sharing our thoughts on the first season of Peacemaker on HBO Max, a, a show that, again, just, again, I knew I was going to like this show. I had a feeling. I had positive feelings about this show. I was, I was very optimistic about it. What I got was so much more, was so much more. It wasn't just crazy, insane action and over-the-top uh, comedy beats. But a story that was really human, and and really had like this really strong emotional core to it, uh, and and every week it was there'd be a moment in in the show where it would sort of like sucker punch you, um, in the heart, and I I I, I was blown away, I was just utterly blown away with what I saw, the work that was coming out, the, the the cast is inspired, James Gunn is on the top of his game as writing and directing. Now, he does have a couple of other directors in the show, and I will mention them uh, right off the hand. Brad Anderson, Jody Hill, and Rosemary Rodriguez, each directing an episode of Peace. Uh, and James takes care of five of the episodes. And James Gunn wrote the entire series as well. I and mean, You probably know James Gunn's name from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, but equating this to the same type of show, or 
same type of, of, of team, I suppose, as Guardians, I think is a big mistake. I've heard the Guardians comparison a lot, and I think during our conversation you'll hear why I, why I disagree with it. I think there are some similarities you can make, certainly, uh, but I think there's a lot of key differences as well, particularly when it comes to who these characters are individually before they, they, before they kind of come together, right? Uh, so we're, we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into the, the, the emotional stuff. We're going to get into the action stuff, the comedy stuff, which, of which is just insane. The, so many funny, funny beats. Uh, the, the, the action scenes are insane, over-the-top, awesome, crazy violence, but in a fun kind of comic booky sort of way, if, if that makes any sense to you. I mean, it's not like Bang Pals, you know, stuff like that. But again, uh, it has that James Gunn style to it, that James Gunn kind of flair, which I truly, truly appreciate. Uh, I want to mention our cast for the show. John Cena as Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Peacemaker. Danielle Brooks as Leota Adebayo. Freddie Stroma as Adrian Chase slash Vigilante. Chadwuki Ouiji as Clemson Mern. And Mern is awesome, by the way. Jennifer Holland is an agent Amelia Harcourt. Steve Agee is John Economos. Economos, Jesus, I did it again. John Economos. When I, I know how to say it, but when I read it, it reads differently in my brain. So, John Economos. Robert Patrick is Augie Smith slash The White Dragon. Annie Chang is Detective Sophie Song. Uh, Lachlan Monroe is Detective Fitzgibbon. Dee Bradley Baker is the voice of Eagly. And that's kind of our principal cast right there. But there's it's a lot a really strong supporting cast as well. A lot of really good people pop up in this show. Um, people you may may recognize from other things, like Christopher Heyerdahl, perhaps. Maybe we'll get into that later. Again, familiar faces, great cast. Everyone's fantastic. And 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 yeah. So what we're gonna give you, uh, this is gonna be sort of a curated experience. All right. We're not gonna give you the the full conversation uh, with all of Reagan and I's uh, tangents and, and side chit-chat. Uh, no, no, no. This will be a little bit more of a curated experience. Just, like I said, this is the Tasted Edition, right? I'm just giving, we're giving you the, that first taste is free. Uh, and if you, wanted to, if you wanted to spring for the Patreon, you'd get the full episode with all, with all the extra bonuses, bells and whistles and goodies, and, and me violating copyright law like a crazy person. Um, but again, I, I wanted to talk about the show with everybody. So, so we're doing a, a special kind of curated edition. And we are, again, we are calling it the Taste It Edition. And if you've watched the show, you probably know exactly what I am referring. And it's, it's going to make sense in the end. <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's plug in. We're going to link up with Reagan for the conversation. And I'll talk to you all on the other side. I hope you have fun uh, with this conversation uh, because, trust me, it's a wild one. Uh, Reagan and I get up to all kinds of crazy shenanigans, and uh, uh, yeah, it's just going to be, this is going to be entertainment, I hope. So please, uh, thank you for for staying on board. Thanks for, for re-downloading this, uh, this episode and, and you know, being like, oh, hey, there's a new episode in the feed. I'm, I'm so glad you guys stayed subscribed and you're, you're listening to this now. Again, whether you come over to the Patreon or not, that doesn't matter. That's not the important part. But it's just us chatting again is, is really, really nice, and, and so I hope you enjoy this edition. Of, of the Peacemaker conversation. And I hope you enjoyed the show because by, by all means, you know where to find me on social media, you know, at Tomcast Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. It's still there. You can still reach out to me, hit me up and let me know what you thought of this show because it's a fucking delight. <laughs> it's a fucking delight. So joyous and so, uh, oh God, I just, all the adjectives. I'm going to, I'm going to use them all during this conversation because I absolutely loved the show. I adored it. And, and we are going to talk about all of it. So, you know what that means? It's time, all right? Sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again.
Let's go. Do you really wanna, do you really wanna taste well, um, she said, uh, just because you're handsome, you think you can do whatever you want. Right. Even though you're a piece of shit murderer. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, maybe she'll come around. Yeah. Just be nice to her. But not overly nice, because she won't like that. Don't talk about her tits and her pussy. Yeah, but what about when we're fucking? That's what I'm talking about. You just getting way ahead of yourself. Right. Look, dude, you, you really aren't a bad guy. You just use being a dick as a way to push people away. But if you would just take, take a second and just drop that and be Chris Smith, I think people actually might like you. Hey, all right, joining us all the way from Laurel, Maryland, the heart of the East Coast. <laughs> Reagan, our friend right. from Come On It's So Good. How are you doing, bud? I'm good. Uh, greetings, programs. <laughs> Welcome back to the regular TomCast podcast. Patreon edition. Or, mm -hmm. or, or okay. the Do You Want to Taste It edition. Depends where you are. Yeah. That's right. I was like, there's only one guest in the world who could bring a regular episode back to the TomCast podcast regular feed, and it's your undefeated champion. That's true. That's I, I true. mean, I said that line to my brother last night. He's like, John Cena? And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Well, it actually sounds like you're kind of setting up a, a you know, join the Rock Johnson sort of sort of monologue mm -hmm. there. You know, finally, the Reagan has come finally, back to the podcast. Right. <laughs> I mean, I did just watch him do, like, a 15-minute version of that, the Super Bowl, and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> oh, I'll have to send you, I got a great clip of uh, Eric Weddle making fun of it. <laughs> it was, just being like, it was we, cool. Can we kick off the damn football now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was cool for the first 30 seconds, and you're like, oh, man, The Rock is just milking this. <laughs> He's not even an L.A. guy. He's a Florida guy. He's a Canadian football league kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton Tiger Cats all the way. Well, we had to have you come back for a, a special episode because we have watched a certain series that I think it's fair to say that we were both excited for, but when mm -hmm. we got what we got, we were blown away. Yeah. Blown Star Trek away. Picard. <laughs> Not Star Trek Picard. <laughs> I am, of course, referring to Peacemaker on HBO Max, starring your, the man you just referenced, John Cena. Mm -hmm. uh, um Reagan, kind of talk me talk me about this here. How, what were your expectations for the show, and, and how did it meet or surpass them? Uh, my expectations were pretty high because it's a James Gunn thing, mm -hmm. and that guy has a key to my soul. Whatever he puts out for years has just hit with me all the way back to I guess the first thing I saw was the, what Slither. Slither. When we watched that together. Well, maybe maybe even if you want to go back just when he was screenwriting, you can go back to his version of Dawn of the Dead with oh, Zack Snyder. Dawn of the yeah, one of my favorite zombie films, yeah. Fast Zombies. And that, I mean, I like Zack Snyder enough, but I think that gave me a false impression that I love Zack Snyder. <laughs> and maybe you, know, you just love James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. It, then the rom-com of my life is James Gunn was the best friend who was always there, and I never <laughs> noticed him, and I was chasing this hot boy around. <laughs> I, I like that. John, what a weird analogy already. John Hughes loves that one. It's perfect. You're, so yeah. he was your ducky. That's awesome. Yeah, he, yeah. 
And now I realized he's the one I'm supposed to be with. <laughs> Wait, I don't think it works that way for Ducky. Never mind. It doesn't work that way for Ducky, but in my story, <laughs> Ducky goes it's how it, Yeah, I end up, you know, <laughs> and I guess don't you forget about me. We both freeze frame together. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like you, I had really high expectations. I loved the trailer when it first came out, and and I was I was excited for the show. Uh, but then what I got, it, it sort of like melted my brain and my heart all at the same time, because the show punches on so many levels. You know, the great action, the great comedy, uh, but like the the like the emotional stuff, like the character yeah, cores, yeah. the development, uh, and then of course the dance number at the beginning. The dance number at the beginning is awesome. Him playing uh, Home Sweet Home on the piano mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when he's doing his face exercises, crying about killing flag. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's all – there's so much heart in this show. A, a show I thought wasn't going to have any. I thought it was just going to be action and comedy mm-hmm. and ha-has. But once again, you know, James Gunn shows me something. He gets to my heart. He does. He does it in such a really, really – profound way too like every i feel like i think it was just about every episode had some kind of like emotional gut punch moment uh to kind of like make you connect with these characters in a different way with not just peacemaker but like the entire cast you know economos adebaye harcourt mm-hmm. even Mern at a certain it, point you you know it Mern, even vigilante, vigilante connect with him and he's a psycho <laughs> but a lovable psycho <laughs> yes that's how he gets you but <laughs> the things he says, you're like, oh, that's, that's a crazy person yeah. that you guys are just hanging with. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Vigilante's obviously a, a, a sort of a great character to bounce Peacemaker off of because, you know, the Peacemaker that we're familiar with from Suicide Squad, we should just sort of talk about this. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, he sort of had a little, um, you know, uh, like when we were talking about Boba Fett, you know, th- this character had a near death experience. He had a building, he got shot in the neck and had a building fall on top of him. And we thought that was the last we saw of Peacemaker until the very, very end of Suicide Squad. And we're like, oh, shit, that guy's still alive. And you're, you're sort of like, well, what are they going to do with this character? And then you start watching the show and you start remembering, or in your case, I know you rewatched Suicide Squad. Yeah. And, and for me, movie. for me, it comes down to, to one particular moment with that character. Now, John Cena has some great moments in Suicide Squad. Check out our Suicide Squad review. I, I, mm-hmm. I praise the man effusely. I, I love what he did in that, in that role. He was fantastic. But the bus scene. You remember the bus scene? Yeah, yeah, with the toilet bowl helmet. Or when when Rat when Ratcatcher and and uh, Bloodsport are are, are are you know kind oh, of bonding yeah, and connecting, yeah. and you just see Peacemaker in the back of the bus, quiet, keeping to himself because that guy can't connect with anybody. Right. And like you sort of you're like, oh, oh, that's what this show's going to be about, you know, like like kind of like this guy getting humanized in a little bit of a way, like being able to connect with people, being able to make friends in a sense. And I, I love that. I, I, I yeah. think back to that, that sequence in Suicide Squad when everyone, whenever I was watching the episodes, I was like, oh man, they're doing so much with this character off of like John Cena just looking sort of like isolated and alone in the back of a bus. And it's like a quick I, shot. Yeah. Well, John Cena underrated as an actor because of the way he looks. Yeah. And because he, where he came, you know, he came out of WWE. Mm-hmm. So you're automatically discounted like you're the next Kane or I'm trying to think of other besides The Rock. The Rock is the exception or Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. That exactly. you, you automatically get put down, even though that is a form of performance or acting. or Right. But they just think you're like a big muscle head and you can't yeah. do emotional and, range or anything like that. And honestly, if you saw John Cena on the street, you'd be like, oh, that guy's just a muscle head. Right. 
because he's huge, and it, it plays so well in this because he has so much depth. He's really good, and like you know, you, you hear stories like, "Oh, John Cena just decided to learn how to play piano," and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna use that in the show. It's awesome." <laughs> like you said, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that part's crazy. And then in the next episode, I think it was the next episode, or like two episodes later, when when you see the flashback to him and his brother as kids listening to that mm-hmm. song, and it's like, oh yeah. my god, it's all connecting. It's okay. The only thing about John Cena's performance in this show that makes me angry is I just watched him in a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> or the, you know, the last, just a few months ago. Okay. And his performance is not great in it. And I just wonder if Vin Diesel or someone wouldn't let him show his chops. He's so one note in that. It's such a nice change. Cause I've, I've also seen him in like, uh, sisters, the Amy Poehler, Tina Fey movies, oh, and shit. that for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Vacation Friends. Vacation Friends. Is that the one? Hilarious movie Hilarious. on Hulu right now. You yeah. should check it out. And Cena's performance is amazing in it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to be his friend. <laughs> I definitely want to be John Cena's friend. He seems like a cool yeah. guy. Real he cool guy. He seems like he, he likes to have fun. <laughs> and especially if he likes hair metal, then I'd really be hanging out with him a lot. But I don't know if he really does. I think that might be backing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be acting. That might be acting. I, I know. <laughs> I know he's a pretty good freestyle rapper from his uh, Doctor of Thug- Thugonomics uh, run in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Deep cuts. Deep John Cena uh, cuts. I right mean, I, the truth time. I did miss all of John Cena's run in WWE. That's when I wasn't watching. That's when I wasn't watching either. Yeah, it's a big sixteen-year gap. Yeah, I just remember like uh, he did the he had the belt and it it, it spun. It had the spinning logo in That's it. That's right. He had a spinner. He made it like rims. <laughs> yeah. That's all I remember for the John Cena era of WWE. But yeah, so so famous and iconic. People who don't follow wrestling know who he is. Just like The Rock or yeah, you know, you know, he's that next tier of superstar. Yeah. No, I agree, and he gets to do so much in this in this show, and I think. James Gunn saw the potential when they were doing Suicide Squad. I've, I've read and listened to enough interviews with, with James Gunn. How about like when you know when the world went into lockdown and James Gunn was like, "Oh, I don't know what to do with my time," like you know, and he's like, "I want to work with John Cena again. Let's make a show about Peacemaker. Why not?" And then they you know they they sort of changed the ending of Suicide Squad. They shot that that you know post credit yeah. scene to be like, "Hey, we're gonna set this all up right now. Let's do it." Yeah, I, uh, he's so great in it. But, it, I mean, the the guy who plays Mern is awesome. Oh, everyone's and, fantastic. And don't worry, we're going to get to all of them. But, yeah, but on the, the rewatch, as I'm trying to figure out what Mern, like, if Mern ever, like, tips his hand. Right. If, you know, it, spoilers. I mean, we're recapping the whole show. No spoilers. No spoilers. You guys know what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, I, I just wanted to see if he ever tipped. He's a butterfly. And the only time he does is he, he says, I've never voiced emotion. Or, you know, a, a, any uncomfortable thought or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's alien shit right there. <laughs> and we just took it as, no, that guy's a psycho killer. And he doesn't voice it. But no, he's just an alien, real talking um, dye beard. And it was awesome. <laughs> I, want, I want to stay on scene just for a bit longer before we start yeah, talking about the rest sure. of the cast. Because um, one, of, one of the elements I wanted to talk about with, with Cena's performance um, has to do with obviously like the getting to know this character, getting to understand him. Because again, he's he's basically the villain of Suicide Squad, right? So you you, yeah. have, you have to kind of ask yourself the question like, why are we following this character? Why do we care? What's going on here? And I think we we learn very very quickly 
when we meet his dad. When we meet yeah. Augie Smith. Oh, what a what, dick. <laughs> well, the guy is a piece of work. Piece of work. And, and, and sort of beginning to explore, like, his backstory, his origin, like, where he came from, how he was raised. And, and sort of seeing how this, this insanely complicated relationship with his super fucking racist father, who's right. like, guy has a super powered costume to kill minorities and people. It's like pretty fucking awful stuff. But to see this guy who still kind of has a good heart despite all that and still wants to love his dad because he's his dad without realizing how fucking awful he is. Like, it's crazy complicated emotional stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. D- just the conversations he has with like vigilante about like, you know how racist his dad is, and he, you know, it. He tries to, uh, you know, shove it way down deep, deep inside. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's my dad. I love, love my dad, and you know, and it's just like, oh man, what kind of abusive relationship? How fucked up was all this? And then, the, you know, just, then you get just, the, the the element with his brother. Just oh my god, just one guy trying to get his father's love. Yeah, and cannot. Robert do it. Patrick is such a. He plays it so well oh that you're God. like, shoot this Terminator motherfucker in the face. <laughs> like, where's that chainsaw that we had a couple episodes ago? I love it in the, in the last episode when, he, when he's like seeing the visions of his father. And he calls him an old ball sack looking motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, he does look like an old ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that, like I, I mentioned the chainsaw. Like, I knew Vigilante was going to come back. It, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. Don't worry. We're okay. We're yeah. I really thought he was going to have the chainsaw and was going to go right through the costume. And I was like, oh, he, he'll get his chainsaw moment. No, they just kind of dropped that after the gorilla thing. No, he never got his chainsaw moment, despite being on like all the posters and stuff like that with the with, chainsaw. With the chainsaw, yeah. Because <laughs> you know he really wanted to use that damn chainsaw. Yeah. D- during my rewatch, I did realize there's a news report on in the background about the, about gorilla. A gor- about the gorilla going missing. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's the gorilla. Yeah, they said it all. Why up. did they take a gorilla? Why? There, there's no throwaway lines in this show. Like they pretty much put a, a like they really pull all the threads together at the end. There's nothing really yeah. dangling. I just, the the rewatch so far, like it's, I'm only halfway through. It's so enjoyable knowing the end and and pairing it with the Suicide Squad has been amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I'm glad you, you know it's that. like four hours of just great entertainment and you know. Wigwam all over the place. Wigwam for life. <laughs> we're, Love it. We're definitely gonna have a, 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 a little segment where we talk about the soundtrack because I can't get enough yeah. of it. Uh-huh. Wigwam in particular, but like the whole soundtrack is just dynamite in my opinion. So I, yes. I, I'm, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Uh, the next character I, w- I wanted to bring up to you was a uh, uh, Leota Adebaye, the daughter mm-hmm. of Amanda Waller. So I- inherently a character that we kind of think we can't trust to begin with, and is sort of set up to make Peacemaker the fall guy here because yeah. the, the initial plot hinges on murdering a senator. So someone's going to have to take the fall for that, right? You can't explain there's yeah. a secret alien invasion going on in the world. Not with a group like yeah, Task so, Force X. So Peacemaker would take the fall and just keep working with Task Force S and work off the time that he got for working for Task Force X? That's sort of a... Like well, that is, that's, that's a pyramid scheme and a half right yeah, there, that's, Waller. That's Waller's bag, you know? It's like, oh, they're going to tack on more to your life sentence here or whatever, and, or, you know, make it a life sentence now because you just, you know, murdered a U.S. senator. So, yeah, you're going to be in Task Force S for a long time. Do they ever... Like, does each mission that Suicide Squad... In the comics, I'm going to ask a comic guy... Are they like, if you do this mission, you get 10 years off, but if you do this side mission, you get an additional five? It's, or is it just one bulk, you get time off, we're not really going to mess with I years mean, it, or whatever? Because it's comic books and it's, you know, comic books. Like, they never, yeah. you know, they're like, 
this it is sort of like a generalized like reduction in your sentence. But because they're criminals, they're always going to have some more things tacked onto their sentence. And Waller's always going to have them under her thumb. So she's never going to let them go. Well, in, so in that's the old sort of Spawn like comics, yeah. didn't they have like a counter for his his powers? Oh, and yeah. that's why he used guns back in the day. Yeah. I'm I, sure that's not happening I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm shocked you referenced a Spawn comic book. I didn't even know you checked out Spawn. I, I have been friends with you for over 30 years. <laughs> or not quite 30 years, but almost. It's damn close. You, we've talked about Spawn. I'm pretty sure I got that information from you. And you retained it, which is even more impressive. <laughs> but they, they never had like a, a suicide you know harley quinn has 492 years after this issue she has 487 I, years they they probably have done something like that at some point but like i said it i mean it all sort of gets reset later on because again they yeah, all it go means and commit various crimes and, and waller will figure out some way to make sure that they don't really get to go anywhere okay i didn't know if has anyone ever graduated and gotten free from the suicide squad I got got their chip removed and then gone back to crime and started the whole thing over again. Well, I was going to say, I think the one character who maybe has got his sort of graduated was bronze tiger. And he, but he sort of became a hero afterwards anyways, but he was always sort of like a misunderstood villain to begin with. He was sort of like wrongly imprisoned kind of, kind of character. But like the Joker's never got his chip put out. The Joker is not in the suicide squad. That's not going to work. I watched a movie. They had the Joker in it. That's not going to work. (laughs) Why can't you put a chip in his head? He'll probably like it. Because you can't count on the Joker to do anything that you want him to do. In fact, you can almost count on him to do the opposite, which I guess maybe Waller be into. But Maybe she needs to inject a little chaos into like a, a government situation. She's like, you know what? I'll just throw the Joker down there. I guess you don't even need to put a, head, a chip in his head. Just throw him in a situation and be like, whatever happens, that's a net positive for us. <laughs> net positive? Yeah, you know, you give him some dynamite, you give him an RPG, and you just say, like, you know, make something happen. Well, so so, <laughs> so let me get back to Le- Leota here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a character from Waller, so she sort of has some Waller-esque tendencies. She can, like, you know, psych out, get, get people to kind of like Waller, you know, go against their own best interests. Like when she kind of tricks Vigilante into going into jail. Oh, my, I rewatched that scene. You're like, oh, you suck. <laughs> but she's this character with a good heart, though. And, and she's sort of in this bad She's situation. so likable. She's so damn likable. I, I love what Danielle Brooks brings to the role because she is genuinely a nice, warm, caring person. She dresses her dogs up. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I don't like it that she doesn't dress the other dog up. Well, the other one just likes to wear the clothes. That's you know the one likes it more. You gotta you gotta get them you know cowboys and Indians or like Empire and Rebels whatever. Well, the one dog wasn't like a little cowboy outfit. At the... I know that's why that's why I went there. Oh, there he came go. out and I was like, that's all to be like a cowboy. <laughs> but I like their their the, the friendship that those two get that that Peacemaker and and Adebaye start to form over the course of the series. So the win yeah. Adebaye at her mother's request, betrays Peacemaker by planting that journal that looked like it fell out of Peacemaker's vagina, according to him. <laughs> His words, <Yeah>. not mine. <laughs> uh, it's, it hurts more, and you, you feel it. Like, you sort of feel that betrayal for Chris, because he's just starting to trust people again. Yeah, and they immediately betray him. Yeah. And it's it sucks, because it, when, 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 when she plants the journal, or, uh, sorry, the diary, he would have called yeah. it a journal. But, yeah, but he's it's like, it's, I, don't, I don't want to have a diary. It's a journal. <laughs> right after that amazing episode where they just all became kind of a, a, like a team together. Yeah. They just yeah, went they, out they, they, they take that photo. Oh. The photo. Come on. So awesome. So awesome. Listening to Hanoi Rocks, by the way. Come on. 
<laughs> and like early Hanoi rocks, not, not, not like mid-80s Hanoi rocks, the early Hanoi rocks. The classics, if you will. I knew you would know that band. <laughs> That's just words to me. You should, know, you should know that band. Vince Neil killed their drummer. No? How did he kill his... No. Drunk driving. Oh. Well, you know, rock and roll in the 80s, man. <laughs> I know. It wasn't like the 90s when they were all just doing heroin. You know, whoopsies. <laughs> and then, you know, you don't have a band. Well, let's talk about the two team members who we got to to we, we got to see in the Suicide Squad. But they get to get more expansion here with these guys, get more understanding. We're talking about Harcourt and mm-hmm. Economos. Economos, yeah. What were your, what Why does everybody your... have a weird last name? <laughs> what? I, I like getting to see these characters more. I mean, we only saw them for bits and pieces in, in Suicide Squad, but getting to know yeah. them again, really interesting character work between all these all these these characters. Um, I, I, you know, Harcourt's kind of like the loner secret agent kind of character, kind of like the badass, yeah. right? And you know, Economos is the Economos. Jesus, I keep saying his name wrong. <laughs> is is like the inverted introverted computer specialist guy. You know, forced out yeah. into the field now for the for his transgressions in Suicide Squad. <laughs> Uh, and so, I mean, also, they didn't really do anything except their job. Like, someone took took control. Yeah. They were just following order. Well, the girl who, the, the woman who and, hit yeah, Waller with the arrested. golf club is arrested. They seem to have gotten, you know, this is sort of like their punishment assignment to kind of get back in their good graces. Yeah. Because at least they didn't hit her with a golf club. Although, you know how the Suicide Squad starts with, like, the betting on who's going to die? Right. After watching this show... That scene has a different feel to it's, it. It's pretty twisted. Yeah. You're like, this is fucked up. But you kind of like, see this, that character. like You kind of see that bit of that in Harcourt as you get to know her a little bit in the, in the beginning episodes. And, and sort of like her situation, how she is sort of perceived in, in the sort of like a male-dominated industry, right? Yeah. You know, and not being able just to go. She can't just go out and have a beer because everyone's fucking with her. Well, yeah, I get it. I get it. I mean, not like I have that problem, <laughs> but I understand why people are fucking with her is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> right. like I trust me, I have no problem just drinking a beer alone at a bar. No, no one's bothering me. I, that, that's actually like I could try to get someone to talk to me and it wouldn't happen. Like that no yeah, one yeah. no one has any interest in, in talking to me. Guy yeah, or girl. Negative uh, how core it is. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I got. So what? What? I, and I haven't brought Mern into the situation yet because Mern's sort of like the, the he's sort of the outsider intentionally because he's the leader of the group. But these characters, and then Vigilante once Vigilante sort of in the fold. What I really like about this dynamic is, and we'll, don't worry, we're going to talk about Vigilante a lot because yeah. I, I got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> but what I really like about this dynamic is is it's it's like these four characters who don't know how to really interact with people, right? Adebayo is probably the closest one to, like, a normalized individual, but because of her mother, she's distanced from all these people. Yeah, yeah. You know, so she's, she's not being truly who, who who she is. Right, right. So with Peacemaker, Harcourt, and, and Economist especially, and then Vigilante, four characters who don't know how to make friends, who don't know how to to interact in society, in, in, by and large, mm-hmm. uh, forming this bond, it's so awesome. By the end of the, by the, end of the series, I mean, you're... Just, you're just so happy for all of them because, like, oh, they've grown. They've done things. They made friends. During the, the last, like, battle with the butterflies, I was so worried that they were going to kill somebody. I thought someone was going to die for sure. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Yeah. It's going to happen. They're gonna, they're, someone's going to die in this. It would have really upset me. No, I, again, it, you know, a lot of times with James Gunn's – James Gunn, you know, he's, he's a classic storyteller. 
He wants to have an emotional core. You know, you, you reference, you look back to Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're, and they're about being family and stuff like that. And this is about people just learning how to make friends. Yeah, just, <laughs> just be, you know, functioning in normal society. Yeah, you know. You know, finding, you know, a, a band you like with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or just sitting and having a beer with somebody. Yeah, and not having to be about trying to get into their pants or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, when, when she holds his or, like, you know, just grips his hand at the end of the episode, I was like, fuck, yeah, you're friends now. Yeah, because he waited there every day at the hospital for her to wake up. Yeah. Because that's what friends are for, bro. Loved it. Oh, Loved my it. gosh. It was such, so full circle. Yeah, and it is, it is funny, too, because, like, the one character who probably could exist without friends is Vigilante. <laughs> but again, he makes friends with all these people. He, like, he wants so friends to the worst out of all of them. But he has no he, idea how to make them. No, and he keeps numbering them. You're my fifth best friend. Fifth best You're, friend. Like, he, he has no idea. Like, he's so socially awkward. He His, don't really know why. Okay, so <laughs> I, on my rewatch of the series... In the first episode, you you don't even see him as vigilante yet, right? He's just like the weird bus boy dancing in the alley. <laughs> when he invites when he invites that guy to his abortion, <laughs> so weird. So weird. no, I don't want to go to that at all. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> his yeah, his level of social awkwardness and like, not being able to pick up social cues at all is so not good. even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> The face exercises thing. Like, dude, this is a weird time to be doing your face exercises. No, he's when, crying, when, asshole. Yeah, no, when he's being tortured and they pull <laughs> off his mask and he starts making weird faces. <laughs> and everyone's like, what are you doing? And he's like, if I keep making weird faces, he won't be able to ID me. <laughs> and he believes that. And it's hilarious. <laughs> and what gets to be such a dark scene with the torture. Oh my gosh, the torture is, you know, yeah, they're cutting, they're trying to cut off his toe. And then Vigilante <laughs> thinking that if they cut off his pinky toe, he's going to never, never be able to stand up again. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, he, he starts to talk shit to him. He's like, why is your tool so dull? <laughs> like, you know, keep better care of your torture implements. <laughs> I, it's I, such a good throwaway line. I love the character of Vigilante so much in the show. Again, a, a great foil for Peacemaker, who were, who were trying to put on like a redemption arc and we're trying to get to know better as a human being. Uh, and, and see of him for all his flaws and all of his his errors and mistakes. And Vigilante's just sort of like this this anomaly, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to say he has a good heart, but he's a total psychopath too. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> like he's trying to do the right thing, but I feel like he he could be easily swayed to the wrong side without yeah. much uh, persuasion. Because because uh, Peacemaker sees himself as a superhero, right? Do you think Vigilante sees himself as a superhero? I think he does. Because he never said like. <laughs> Peacemaker fights with the neighbor several times about how he's not a super villain. Right. And says some funny stuff about Batman. About Batman, yep. Yep, yep. Uh, now, again, I think Vigilante's craziness is just a good way to bounce Peacemaker's craziness off and seem less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Peacemaker's yeah, not as I crazy. Mean, and any, you know, any terrible thing like shooting kids who happen to be butterflies, not real kids, mm-hmm. those kids are already gone. I had to tell that to my wife. Today, when that stuff was happening, I was like, those aren't children anymore. And she was like, just take the butterflies out. I was like, well, they, I think they hollowed the brain out and live in it. There's well, not and, a person left anymore. Well, and that's a really nice – I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did want to talk about that a little bit. You know, this is sort of journey that Peacemaker's on to not just be like some like a, like a hired killer, 
You know, like yeah, this I love it. moral complexity that he's all of a sudden faced with that he's never had to face with before. And he's got these kids in his scope. Yes, they're infected by an alien, but he still just sees kids, even if they're ugly. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, at that point, he knows they're butterflies, but he doesn't know what butterflies are. Right. They just he, have the he, weird tongue thing. He's still in the dark. He doesn't know what's going yeah. on. He's just also, been told all these things. That, tell him what's going on, and maybe he would do it. Yeah, he's been told minimal information. He's been given very minimal information about what's going on. So he's just told to shoot these kids, and he's just like, "What the fuck? Why am I shooting these kids? I, you know, one of them's ugly, but that's no reason to shoot one." So, so yeah, him wrestling with that, and then like the the again bouncing vigilante off of him when vigilante takes up the scope and just starts whistling and plugging everybody. And, yeah. know, it's just like, oh, he's so casual about it. Jesus, this guy has got no, you know, his his conscience is very tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he didn't even see them commit a crime. Someone just said they might have. Yeah. So Vigilante does no homework. Well, I mean, Vigilante's not even in the group. But he's just kind of following them around <laughs> at I, that point. I do love it when he's just like behind the dumpsters behind the dumpster. and in the bushes. <laughs> and they're like, what, are you supposed to be a talking bush? And he's like, damn it. <laughs> like he never thought about it. He was just, yeah. We never or the see... first time they see him out of costume. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're Vigilante, aren't you? And he's like, no. no. Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> and they have a whole thing about it. <laughs> oh, the actor does such a great job. And I, he's he's the second guy. They had another vigilante. They had another vigilante, and uh, he and James Gunn disagreed on the character's trajectory. I suppose. I think I think so. From what I sort of glean from reading up on this, it's, it sort of sounded like that, that actor wanted vigilante to have a bit of a redemptive arc too. And I guess James Gunn was like, "Nah, man, this is called Peacemaker." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vigilante is who he is, and he gets to make friends. He gets to see a gorilla. Gutted with a chainsaw. Gutted with a chainsaw. I love this version of Vigilante. Uh, there have been several iterations on live action and in the comic books. This is probably one of my favorite takes ever, though, because it's just it's so wild and out there, and I love it so much. And the actor Freddie Stroma is fucking fire in this. Yeah, part. he he did amazing. Episode it, all... episode four when he goes into prison to kill yeah, Bobby that... Smith is so goddamn good. So good. <laughs> The, the only other version I'm familiar of Vigilante I'm familiar with is the terrible season eight Arrowverse, mm. which was did not make me want to go read, you know, comics with Vigilante in it no. because it just seemed kind of blah. And this is a, a also another deep and and you know morally compromised character, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's so fucked up. You, you want to know how he got to this point. Yeah. And th- th- now that we know the show's coming back for season two, I'd love to find out a little bit more about his, we, we got a little bit of how he knows peacemaker, but like not necessarily what shaped, uh, uh, Adrian into vigilante. Like, was he always just sort of like a, a sociopath? Did he always have like a disassociative disorder and he just wanted to do this persona? Like, I'd like to explore that a little bit more in the next season, but Again, there, I mean, there's so much to go through with with uh, Christopher Smith's character, you know, the, yes, the peacemaker still himself. More. That like, I don't know how much time we can spend with some of the other characters, you know. But again, everyone got moments to shine in the, in this series, whether it was Harcourt or or Economos or or Mern. Mern had some great moments before his passing. Yeah, uh, so good. As we find I, out, like, I as, loved Mern. I was so sad. Oh my gosh! At the end of what was the end of episode five when when Adebayo has the hel- the helmet on with the X ray, 
lenses. Yeah. And she comes around oh, the corner yeah, and sees yeah. the butterfly in his head, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> and he starts oh. chasing her, and you're like, "Oh shit! <laughs> One of them's gonna have to die." And then, of course, none of them have to die at that point, right? But. Where they end the episode, you're like, fuck, one of them is going to have to die. No, I mean, I never wanted the show to end when it was on, but, like, seriously, that when that episode was done, I was like, no, wait, there, no, wait, more. I need more now. <laughs> oh, no, it's one week. <laughs> Start the clock. Bum me out, but, oh, my gosh. Such a great show. I, I, I can't say it enough. If, if you haven't watched it, I don't know what the fuck you're doing listening to this podcast. Go watch it. Yeah, well, I mean, watch it, but... At the end of the series, you see Adabato go home to her wife, Kay- Kaylee, something with a K. Yeah, let me double check before uh, I say it wrong. I am, I'm so bad with names. Yeah. It is un-effing real. She didn't have a, a, a huge part in the show, but yeah, she was yeah, phenomenal in the she, opening dance number. Yes, and she, she's she's more in Kia. the first, like, three episodes. It's Kia. Kia. Yeah. You know, it, it's... You know, it's after she's betrayed Waller, and part of my when she does the turnaround, I expected her to have a gun, and you just see a gunshot. Like she's been working, she's been deep with Waller the whole time. Oh my god, that would have keeping been crazy. An, uh, oh, it would have blown your fucking mind. I'm glad they didn't because I was like, that'd be too much. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> and plus, I like their relationship, so it would have crushed me on two levels. Oh, their relationship's so cute. And, uh, I know. And yeah, the, yeah. the fact that Adebayo also, has her on the mission with her, like in the, in that hotel, you're like, wait, yeah. that sounds weird. Like, what are you crazy? <laughs> also, it would have been Waller calling a hit on her own daughter, which I think even is too far for her. Too far for even Waller. I think you're right but about who that. Who knows? I mean, Thanksgiving is going to be crazy awkward this year at that household. <laughs> well, now, yeah, I mean, spoilers. You know, uh, Adebayo, you know, spills the beans on Task Force X and Amanda Waller and the whole thing. So, yeah, but that, it's a pretty cool. It's a really good moment for that character to sort of have like Peacemaker be the one to remind her that, you know, doing the right thing is important all the time. Yeah. No matter how many women or children you have to kill to get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about Mern's death because, uh, again, by this point, we know that he's a butterfly, but he has this information. We know the plan, what's going on. He's trying to like thwart these butterflies from taking over the planet. You know, they've, they've decided to. And as as we learn ultimately later on in the show, that the butterflies are trying to save us from ourselves by saving themselves. Yeah, I don't know. They're real left about it. <laughs> They're real left about it. But real his, left about it. His man. death is crazy hardcore. <laughs> he doesn't even get a chance to make an excuse. He just gets shot in the chest like three times, right in the heart. Mm-hmm. And then his little butterfly tries to leave Mern's body crushed. Well, yeah, he's he's like, I'm never gonna talk, bitch. Never. <laughs> I like how they didn't even know who he was at first. They just shot him. That was they wild. They didn't even know he was a butterfly. They're like, how do you know about the county? He's like, go fuck yourself. And bop, bop, bop. But, <laughs> Best but, interrogation ever outside of like Darth Vader and Han Solo. But that little moment though, you know, when, when Harcourt and, and, and uh, Adebayo arrive in the room and he's still got a, like a little breath in his butterfly body and he uh, t- he touches Harcourt's finger. I was like, uh, oh my the, God. The little like <laughs> butterfly fist bump or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. It's like holy shit! I'm 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 sad at the death of a computer-generated butterfly. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. I was so sad, and I was like, I hope they kept Mern's little butterfly body and like you know pressed him real flat and then put him in like a picture frame. <laughs> it's like some and, like, paper. <laughs> I really hope next season you you just walk by with something in the, in Peacemaker's trailer <laughs> and it's just Mern. This hung up in a picture frame. 
just preserved forever because they loved him. <laughs> so I want to fast forward a little. I mean, again, we're all over the place. But the, after after the senator is killed and his family and the, those butterflies are dead, the the main yeah. senator Goth escapes only to yeah, infect Judo Master. We haven't even gotten to Judo Master. My goodness. But yeah, How great the, is he? He takes over Sophie Song, the detective who has arrested Augie Smith mm-hmm. for the murder of that lady who peacemaker blew up in the first episode we haven't gotten again we're skipping around a bit there's, yeah, there's a lot it's eight episodes folks we can't hit everything <laughs> <laughs> just watch the damn show but uh, uh, speaking of that scene yes. when she takes over the cop mm-hmm. and they go to a field and a bunch of ships show up it's a it's a great visual mm-hmm. why do the butterflies not have like a transport ship like five you know, I mean, emissions. There's got to be some sort of a carbon emission from those little ships. I mean, probably. It but, looks cool. But at the same time, I think part of it had to do with, with you know, Peacemaker's in the dark about this whole butterfly situation. He doesn't know what's going on. And remember, he, like, so accidentally finds that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, he's kind of, like, puzzled it out. So I think really just kind of was there as, like, a storytelling device as far as, like, oh, Peacemaker's trying to figure this out, alien invasion kind of thing. Like, these miniature spaceships that he's now stumbled across. So he's like, what the fuck is going on? I just you know, causes it him weird. to ask more questions. Each butterfly had his own, each personalized ship. I just think it would be cheaper for the butterfly economy if he just made multi-passenger ships. I mean, is all I'm what, saying. It, it makes Visually sense. awesome, though. It makes sense. But I, I, I love the sequence, though, when the butterflies are taking over the pre-scene in the prison. And yeah. and uh, you get that line earlier about how it's hard to smile in face. You know, how how many, how hard it is oh, to smile. Oh, the weird smiles. The weird smiles. It's like, so um, fucking creepy. You, you watch Hell on Wheels with the, the, the police chief. Yeah. Who, what was his name on Hell on Wheels? The Swede. The Swede, yeah. His fake smile. <laughs> it's so creepy. I was like, I love this dude. I thought he was going to be the Joker. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, I, I loved it. My thing, butterflies can take over anybody, right? Yes. We know of a prison where they keep a lot of supervillains. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, put the butterflies there. Give me more D-level random supervillains like Mongal that just show up to just be cannon fodder in the final fight. Well, I mean, we do see that map in, in like episode three or whatever like that that shows like they're everywhere. So we're yeah. only seeing like a, a percentage. But now that the Peacemakers killed their food source, you know, I'm assuming they're all short timers on, on planet Earth. They're about to be a lot yeah. of dead well, fools. Well, it depends how much they have stockpiled. I su- yeah, I suppose. You know, that's they can't of, get another cow. Your question, I you know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe they can get some Beyond Cow or whatever their Beyond Cow Gold Oil is. <laughs> they never said what the food was called. That's true. But if I'm a butterfly, I'm flying straight for Superman's butt, and I'm getting in there. I'm becoming Superman. Well, I don't know. If, can you actually do that? Because I mean, you know, Economos. Put that in the PowerPoint, but I don't know if that's actually a true. Story. Okay, I'll find his mouth. Whatever, I'll go traditional. <laughs> I mean, you are trying to get to the brain. The mouth makes a bit more yeah. sense. I, all right, that's true. I don't want to walk that far, <laughs> but I, I just feel I'm going to have to sneak up on on Superman. That's why I said the butt. The, those are the buns of steel, baby. I don't know if you can get through. That's true. That is all. No, man, that'd be a terrible way to go. You're right. This is a bad plan. Yeah, I'm if, glad we brainstormed it for a minute. If Superman clenches his butt cheeks, you're done. Okay, so what if I was a butterfly and I got into Lois Lane? And then I start making out with Superman. Could I shoot out through the mouth into Superman? Ooh. You know, we didn't see that ability on display. So I don't, yeah. but I mean, I don't see why not, though. I think Superman would kind of feel it coming. Maybe. I mean, James Gunn, get in contact with me. We'll write some crazy shit. We'll kill <laughs> Superman. 
We'll do it. Fuck Lex Luthor. He can't do shit. We'll kill Superman. Scene one, season two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, we'll bring Henry Cavill back, and it's going to be amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean. I'm not dumb. I know where my bread's buttered. That's right. That is right. But yeah, I, I did enjoy that sequence a lot with the prison and the cops and everything like that. And then, you know, yeah. we talked about Christopher Heyerdahl. Who again? I, I'm watching the opening sequence for like the first three episodes or whatever, and I, I see this guy standing behind uh, Sophie Song and, and the other cop, and I'm like, he looks really familiar. But you're not focused on him enough to see He's got these beers, man. Well, I know, I know who the other cop is. I trust me, I knew that <laughs> reference was coming. I knew that was coming. Fitz, 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 Detective Fitz Gibbons is also right. dead man on campus. If you're not yes. paying attention, he's got these beers, and Reagan wants to drink them. Oh, I love that character so much. He so he played that role so well. <laughs> but between him and then obviously the Swede, who, like I said, I, I I saw this guy in the in the dance number. Like he looks familiar, but I haven't seen him in the show yet. Is he just like some rando cop? And then when he shows up, it's like, oh, he's been in this thing the whole time. Yeah, loved it. Because yeah, again, like you, I, I loved Helen Wheels. So seeing that guy pop up. Was kind of rad. I love. It's, I've also seen him in a couple other things, and he's great in everything he mm-hmm. does. Give that dude more work. His the I, outtakes at the end of the episodes. Yes, he has hilarious. like two or three of them oh. are so funny. The ones where he's over the bodies. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I enjoyed him talking about washing your hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the press conference. Yeah. Like, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> if you watch that one, look at the cop all the way on the right. He cannot keep a straight face. Yeah, no. There's a reason they don't use that cut in the show <laughs> because that guy can't stop laughing because it's ridiculous what's happening. I just have to know if like James Gunn is like, all right, and just you know say a bunch of things so we have like some B roll or whatever. Yeah, we might use it. We might not. Right. Let's have fun. Just keep going. Keep going. Do a it, filibuster. I love seeing things like that because I want to know people are having a good time making it, or as much of a good time making it as I am watching it. Yeah. I doubt there's a lot of B-roll like this for, like, Star Trek Picard or <laughs> Discovery. Right. I imagine those are a lot more work work, not fun work. Right. I think you're. I think I agree with you on that one. Uh, of the, There's so many of the good post-credit uh, expanded scenes or whatever like that. I think my favorite one was, it the, was the last one, though, when Vigilante's saying how you have to say sarcasm before you be sarcastic. <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> Sarcastically, I don't want you to die. But I, seriously, I think you're going to die. <laughs> Yeah, and he's upset. And then uh, 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 like, "Thank you." I mean, just also the, the relationship building again in a cutscene that means nothing. No, but it's again it's showing these characters are together and they're they've bonded. Like there is a friendship now with them. Yeah, yeah, they're it's they're awesome. actually friends now. There's no time. There, there's no wrong time to rock. Right. Oh my God. There's no wrong time to rock. Thank you. Right. But then again, you're doing a rewatch. You just watched the first episode. I mean, how much fun were they making of Peacemaker? How so mean much. were they to him? How, and then when he's, how mean is Peacemaker to everybody? To, to everybody else. Again, the way, the, the way they're just at each other, just constantly, constantly, constantly. And then yeah. again, like learning and growing and changing. It, 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 it doesn't start to change really till like episode three or four. It's like four. Like when, once, they, once they kill, uh, once they go to the factory and start killing the food supply and kill the gorilla and yeah. everything, you know, they actually have like a do a team thing. They're still each yeah. other's throats at the end of three. Well, before, because that's when they talk about the band and the tattoo. Yeah. It's right before that. Right. Yeah. So that's the, the first. No, that's episode five. So good. I think it's episode five. Actually, that... I think it's five. 
Because four is when Vigilante goes into oh, prison. Oh, four is the prison. Four is the yeah, prison. Four is prison. Yeah, and, and Anabio talks him into going in and trying to kill Peacemaker. So crazy. They're definitely not trying to bond then. No, no. It's not happening at that point. Like, everyone's still kind of working for their own agendas at that point. And then yeah, she's still trying to make her mother happy. Right. Also, Waller is so good. <laughs> I know Viola Davis wasn't in the show much, but when she was, like, you feel that presence. Electric, man. <laughs> like, wow. You hate her so much. Waller's not a character you like in the comics either, so she's no. I, it. It's I like the 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 woman who played Waller in the Arrowverse for mm-hmm. like the the eight seconds that, that, that they were allowed to do it. Yeah, this one blows it out of the water because <laughs> she is so evil in her own. But you know she the greater good or whatever you want to say. The greater good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, uh, she's great. She, no, you know I want to see more Suicide Squad movies just because of her. Well, there's supposed to be that Justice League, uh, Suicide Squad versus Justice League video game coming out. You can play them then. Oh, so I can kill Superman? I mean, that that's sort of what the trailer indicates. Yeah, like, I, I'm not going to be the Justice League, am I? I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound fun. No, I think it's like Suicide Squad versus Justice League. Is you, and you, okay, you I didn't know if it was Squad. like you could pick, like, it's two different Or actually, it might, be called Suicide, it might be called Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. I can't remember now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shoot Batman so hard. I haven't seen that trailer in a hot minute, so I, I might be a little bit mistaken about that. Is that the one that came out like a year and a half ago? Yeah, I feel like it like, was. Like, right, right around the same time the Suicide Squad came out. I think so. Or said that. Hey, the trail looked amazing. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, yeah, but so so yeah, I mean, thinking back to the first episode and where these, these people are individually to where they end up uh, after being through so much and after, you know, sort of like the forced bonding and the forced emotional interactions with each other. Uh, it, like I said, everyone kind of has a moment in the show, emotionally speaking, with the exception of maybe Vigilante. Um, but even Vigilante has a little bit of a moment at the end of episode four when he comes out of the prison and, he, and Hardcore picks him up. And he's like, I think yeah, he's like, I fucked worse. up. He's like, it's the guy yeah, that made yeah. it so much worse. And, you know, it's sort of like the realization now that, like, his actions have consequences, too, was important for him to learn. Uh, yeah. But the one He's that like, got I tried me, to kill my friend's dad. The, there's so many moments that like, kind of got me in every, epi- in every episode. But in the last one, like, they couldn't even they, – they, they still had to do it. They had to get in the Economos, the, the dye beard, the oh whole story. God. Like, holy shit. Like, I thought I was going to watch a fun, like, shoot some aliens in the head season finale. And now, now I'm like – Oh my god, I'm, I might cry a little bit. <laughs> Fuck. So he's so good with the emotion. James Gunn is so good with he, these emotional stories for the characters, giving them all that core. It's so strong. It makes this makes the storytelling so much more powerful. I mean, I didn't like like I've said on my podcast many times. Guardians of the Galaxy two makes me cry one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> every time I watch How it, could it not? This this didn't get me there, but like the the. Just the emotional level that some of these actors get to mm-hmm. is amazing, and you know I like to feel stuff, and this this show makes me feel things, and I yeah. like it. Yeah, come on, how can you not be rooting for all these characters by the end? Even the ones like Economos, who's kind of played for laughs in a sort of a sort of a joke of a character in a sense. Ah, that's not they came out harsh. I didn't mean it that harsh, but yeah, yeah, again, I, get, I get what you mean. But you find this guy, and again, you, you know, you look some of the stuff with Economos is so subtle. You know, like in the early episodes, you see he has like the desktop where he's on a on like Harley, but it's in like a it's it's in a shop. It's not even his Harley. 
Yeah. <laughs> so he's just trying to have like this thing to pervade this image so that when you get to the finale at the very end when they're doing like the little epilogues and he goes back to his office at Belle Reve and he puts the picture out of him and Peacemaker yeah. and Vigilante from the van, you're like, oh, now he has a real picture that has real emotional attachment yeah. for him. I was trying to see what his desktop was. I couldn't get a good look at it. I, and I haven't got there in my rewatch to really freeze it. Yeah, it's, it's him but on I, a motorcycle in a shop. Oh, in, in his desktop now, in the last episode? Oh, in the or last is that episode, I think in, that's, in the last episode, I couldn't quite make it out, honestly. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta freeze and look at it. Because I'm sure it's also... I thought I saw a, like, a flash of the motorcycle, but I, I could be mistaken. I've only watched this final episode twice. So yeah, It's him and Vigilante riding like tandem on bikes. <laughs> Like they went out in a Corvette doing bikes. beer bongs, watching having dolphins watch him fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that sound clip will be included in the episode. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Well, what about? Oh, like, okay, uh, Reagan, uh, Reagan's got things. And most, and it, it, it's he's been this sad sack character, right? Like for the whole run, and then Adebayo runs out to to have her heroic moment, and he's like. I'll follow you out there. <laughs> Don't go. It's not safe. And then he trips <laughs> over the <laughs> fence. And immediately, like, shatters his femur. It's, it's like, so gross. What the fuck? <laughs> but still drags him, his injured body out into the with field the, to the bring her the helmet. helmet. The human torpedo helmet. The uh, Bad it, helmet, by the way. Like, that's a bad power. We haven't even talked about the helmets yet. My God. But Economos also has some of the best moments. He chainsaws the gorilla. He mows down the Nazis. I mean, it's awesome. That guy got some really great moments in the show. He beats up Judo Master with a crowbar while he's, Judo Master's Well, he hit also hits car. Judo Master with a car. But, I mean, Judo Master gets Judo back. Judo Master gets him back. <laughs> What's the deal with Judo Master? I, I, I was under the impression he was a butterfly for 90% of this show <laughs> until the final episode. That's how I thought too. <laughs> I was like, he has to be. No, they just brought him. But they just told they just told him what was going on. He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, so whatever. He's, he's, just like, he's like muscle for them. Yeah, he's like, can I have flaming hot Cheetos? But like you said, it, it's sort of interesting to think that um, these butterflies didn't didn't bother to infect any of the supers in the world. You know, there's a lot, of, and I'm not saying you have to get Batman or Aquaman. There are, are third-level tier that can do things. I mean, maybe that's the se- second season, right? Like, the butterflies in a last desperate attempt oh, to Yeah, yeah, take control. over a bunch of, you know, because that's what, like, James Gunn got random villains for the Suicide Squad that right. even you had not heard of. And if you haven't heard of them, it's a tree falling in the woods, and I'm not around <laughs> to hear it. It doesn't exist. No. Uh, yeah. Because I had never heard of Peacemaker. Peacemaker was a deep cut. Like that was a character that had not been prevalent, prevalent and irrelevant in a long time. I should say. My goodness. And blood, Bloodsport. Never heard of it. Bloodsport, I had heard of, but he was a white guy in the comics. Yeah, TDK. T- no, didn't know that one. I don't think I knew Weasel. Savant. Savant, I, I knew. Savant was more of a modern character. We don't have to go down this list again. I think we yeah, already, yeah, this. I mean, we already played this game. Go once. listen to that episode. We talk about how much we love that movie. Yeah, I was I was excited by the inclusion of Judo Master. I, I feel like he was maybe the like the one storyline that didn't quite complete itself all the way. So I'm I sort of maybe think there's more to do with him next year. What what I kept at the end of the episode, Judo Master is around all the dead butterflies and, he's and he's crying, sad. eating his hot Cheetos. Yeah, and I expected <laughs> him to go take a bite and a butterfly to fly in his mouth. I expected um. Uh, What's the main butterfly? They just um, called it Goff. I mean, they all had names. Goff, Goff. I couldn't think of the name yeah. that they kept calling it. 
I expected Goff to become Judo Master and then go hang out with Peacemaker. Uh, you know, but it was going to just be like Judo Master sitting on the the porch instead of the you know what we get where he's just pouring out some gold goo for him to eat for last, breakfast. The last of the gold goo, no less. Let me. Ask Is you, it the last? Well, I mean, we're gonna. I, I, I suspect that might be something. We I imagine it's not. I hope. I really hope now they infect some D level superheroes. <laughs> well, so let me ask you about that question though, because, oh, uh, you know, obviously Peacemaker knows you know you shoot you shoot butterflies in the head and they're dead. You know, that's that's kind of how to make sure that they golf does get shot in the face with a shotgun and then come out of the senator's face. True. That one. He somehow did make it through there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you get the cool piece. I I can't remember what Peacemaker says. The live in peace or something like that. (laughs) And he shoots him in the face and it's awesome. But he does crawl out of the wound, you know, for that that great reveal of, oh, shit, this is what the butterflies are. (laughs) It's actual butterflies. Right, right, right. But I want to so so when he when Goff's butterfly is in Detective Song, and they have, you have you know Peacemaker basically presented with the choice of of t- teaming up with them to help save humanity from itself by helping them transport the cow to their other location in Maine. Yeah, uh, and he makes the decision that you know fuck all that noise, and shoots Song in the chest, knowing there's a good chance, right. and it you know looks back to see the butterfly leaving Song's dead body. Is that by choice? Is that him knowing that, like, one hundred percent? That's what I thought too. I agree. It, it's, and 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 uh, Goff knows that as well. Yeah. Well, he's like, he didn't kill me. He was just stopping me from my right. mission. Yeah, because I mean, you know, he shoots the Swede in the head. Has no problem with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. But yeah, he and the Goff butterfly sort of do have this yeah, connection, and he chose his friends over peace. Right. Right, which is a great character development. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll still call himself Peacemaker, I guess. He's not going to be like Chris Maker or <laughs> the Fresh Maker, like Mentos. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> you just put Mentos on dead bodies after he's done. <laughs> no, it's it's a huge choice for him to do that because you sort of wondered if, if he was going to make that decision. I, I I think because that character is sort of, you know. That's sort of like the thing he's been wrestling with all season, right? Was, was you know, is is my mission for peace really worth the cost, right? Right. So, yeah, he makes that choice, and he doesn't kill the goth butterfly, but, yeah, he stops him. And, again, I, I, the, the parts where we find out that he kept the butterfly, you know, in episodes four and five. And Love it. feeding it and everything like that, because he doesn't, you know, he, again, he's, he's really just trying to figure out what's going on, but he also likes, as he says, like, likes having dangerous pets. So... <laughs> Uh, no, I just thought it was really, uh, uh, again, showing this guy, this character has a, a lot more levels to him than we maybe thought he did. You know, he's not like the surface character that he wants you to think he is. Like Adebayo tells him, he's like, you're, you're a dick to push people away, but it's an act. Like, I can tell that you're a nice person deep down. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. it, just kind of getting to the, those those moments is so rewarding when you're watching the series. And they go to it in such a fun way. But yeah, so I, I do sort of wonder, is like, is like, you know, did Peacemaker save humanity at the expense of all the butterflies though like did he just basically kill an entire alien species or are they going to find some workaround for next season if they if they decide to bring back the butterfly storyline they're going to realize that they can just eat honey they've never tried it you are not the first person to tell me this (laughs) (laughs) just because it looks like honey just because it looks like honey (laughs) i'm i'm sure argus is going to figure out some sort of uh synthetic 
version of their food. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there, I just comic fixed it all. So, I mean, again, we saw an entire planet covered in butterflies. I mean, we saw a fraction of them all. So, yeah, it's, I had forgot about that scene until my rewatch. I was like, well, that's a lot more butterflies more than butterflies. we kill at the end. So, there may be a like, whole other thing going on. Like, I, I know the, the, the cow field is a lot of dead butterflies, and I know the factory is a lot of dead butterflies when they eat peace. Motherfuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's a podcast. We can say motherfuckers. It's okay. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm still on Mando vision where I got to censor myself. No, no, no. Get crazy. Get crazy. Uh, I I think the character we we still need to desperately talk about is Eagly. Oh. Because I when I saw the trailers, I was like, I'm not sure how how much I'm gonna how much traction this joke's gonna get from me. Like I I can see myself getting worn out on Eagly. I did not. I loved every second of Eagly so, so much. Do you know how upset I was that Robert Patrick punched Eagly to the ground? Exactly. And you're like, it's a CGI bird. Yes, <laughs> and it's I'm not upset. real. And I'm it's upset. It's not really hugging anything. Oh, but when he's hugging him, it's so good. <laughs> when he gets the phone out the second time, he's like, I'm not missing it. <laughs> also, uh, when, when Vigilante thinks that he's tracking Peacemaker, so he takes his phone and throws it out. <laughs> There are so many great pictures of Eagly on that phone. I don't know what the fucking cloud is. I've been in jail for four years. <laughs> and he, oh, again, then he said it was an untraceable phone. It was from the government. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, yeah. Eagly was fantastic. I love that stuff. And again, the payoff. Again, you, something random you think in the first episode when, when Adebayo comes over because she, she wants to pet Eagly. And he's telling her about how the eagle hugged him. And she's like, bullshit. Yeah. And then it pays off in the seventh episode in a way you did yeah. not fucking expect. Not only did beautiful. you see the hug again, but Adebayo sees the hug. And now she's convinced that Peacemaker's like on like this righteous path. Which, again, uh-huh. Harcourt calls bullshit on the eighth episode, which delighted me. She's like, why wasn't it designed to run away? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, and also, Eagle is there just enough. The only, when, they're, when they're running from the cops at the end of... Like six, I think. Episode six? Yeah. And Eagly starts coming out of everywhere and just basically ripping cops' just faces, faces off. off. Yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, don't fuck with Eagly. You think Eagly's all hugs and bites. <laughs> I, I love the dark side to that bird. Him hanging out the window with the car, him dropping dead animals for Peacemaker. All that shit's so good. And then in the last episode, taking the helmet, and you're like thinking, oh, my God, is Eagly going to take the helmet? And he just drops yeah, it in nope. the woods. <laughs> All right, Eagly got most of it. <laughs> you know who did you did you say to read the credits? Who did the the like someone actually did the voice of Eagly? Oh no, I did not. D. Bradley Baker. Why do I know that? That's a, a, a Amanda. Or a, he does a, all the clones. He's yeah, the Clone, clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, I was like, I know that. He's name. Rex. You've basically, said that name yeah. a thousand times on podcast. He's basically Rex in every clone in Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and well, Rebels, and Eagly. Eagly's a fucking Mando. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it more hardcore, doesn't it? Does that mean they're coming? Can I actually be a Mandalorian in my life? And Ely when, he, when he's uh, yeah, <laughs> biting Economos in the ass to get in the car. <laughs> I, I like the Crickle a bag joke. at him. He'll think you have chips. Yeah. 
That's my favorite running joke because he says it like three different times <laughs> for the show. He's like, just crinkle a bag. He'll think you have chips over and over again <laughs> just to get Eagly in a car all the time. <laughs> I just like how Eagly has to be in the car. <laughs> like, he's a bird. He can fly. <laughs> you got to make sure he's safe. Well, it, even in the, the second episode when right, they're escaping. They're waiting the... for, yeah, they're waiting for Eagly and they're under yeah. fire. <laughs> and then CD gets in the or the Peacemaker gets in the car and he's like, what the fuck are you <laughs> They've been waiting for the stupid bird to get in the car. It's such a funny little joke that works so well. There are so many of those. Uh, I mean, we haven't even talked about like the 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 couple that he takes hostage, and the, and the wife uh, like Cinderella. So they. <laughs> You've never once talked about Cinderella in the seven years we've been married. When she's yelling about, I talk about, about them once a day. When she's yelling about the, the fucking uh, a sneaker pump kit or the pumped up kicks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a song about murder. <laughs> I was dying. And then they, they get back to that in what, the final episode, or is it at the end of that episode? I think it's the end of that episode when they when they play like yeah, the, that other it, version of the song. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What. It's it's hard when you tr- you binge oh, yeah. everything at oh, once oh, yeah. to remember where the music oh, comes I, in. I get it. I get it. And I was like, God, this song is dark as hell. <laughs> when I was watching it earlier today, I so I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out. Uh, I think I mentioned it on something recently, but if if people have not had a chance to check out the, the official Peacemaker Spotify channel, it is fucking fire. It's basically that every amazing. song that's been on the show. It has the John Cena version of Home Sweet Home. It has that version of Pumped Up Kicks. You know, uh, you know, not the original version, but that cool, like, darker old yeah. version that they played at the show. It has, you know, Wigwam. It has Dynasty. It has Hanoi Rocks. It has fucking Faster Pussycat, which, again, a Faster Pussycat, a band I could give two fucks about back in the day. But I knew that song, and I was like, ah, okay, whatever. And they play that song to, like, the most maximum effectiveness I've ever seen. And when, when Peacemaker's getting drunk... And thinking about his dead brother, and I was like, "What the yeah. fuck am I watching?" After his dad chewed him out and called him a fucking worthless piece of shit. Yeah, uh, the soundtrack is so good, and I'm <laughs> I'm not familiar with anything like Cinderella I've heard of because I probably made you listen to it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's I've 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 been around Cinderella, big band, big band, <laughs> big, right. band big band, big band, big band. Don't don't big time me on Cinderella, bro. I love the soundtrack, and now that I know this, piece, like I've been listening to Wigwam, oh, nonstop, nonstop. In fact, I, I went and ran some errands with uh, my wife, and I'm listening to Wigwam, and she's like, "Can we not?" <laughs> it because like I, I've been binging the show, so that song's on all the time. Yeah, yeah. And now we leave the house, I'm still listening to Wigwam, and. <laughs> She's she's she needs a break from it apparently, and nope. I didn't understand. Nope, no breaks. Because do you want? Do you really want to taste it? I uh, uh, I think Wigwam, Wigwam just posted something. Now this information might be a little outdated for you listeners, depending on when this drops. Uh, but Wigwam just posted something on their Instagram about how uh, uh, do you want to taste it is like the number six most shared song on Spotify right now, and like. Uh, they they put in the in the in their in the, on their post they they said don't worry America we hear you we'll see you soon and I'm like oh motherfucker oh will. fuck yeah man. <laughs> like I will pay all the money to go see Wigwam do that song live I don't even care <laughs> oh uh, yeah I need to go yeah I mean it, it's I do have certain rules for going to concerts now I need a seat 
like no more GA or lawn seating. Yeah. It's no, I'm, I'm, a I'm seat over guy. 40 now. I'm a seat guy too now. That's and over. The last concert and we went to, I told I'll... my wife, if we didn't have seats, I wanted the Cartman stick from the quarantine episode. So everyone's six feet away from me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, there is a rumor that I might be going to a concert this summer. Super excited about it. If I can talk to my wife into going. Ooh, ooh. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break and you can fill me in on that when we get back. Absolutely. No! Peace out, motherfucker. Well, there you have it, Popheads. That is the Taste It edition of our Peacemaker recap show. That is basically the first hour of what turned into like a two-plus-hour conversation. 215, 220, something like that. We went on and on and on. Not only about the show, but we got into a lot of other topics, too. We, we got into some Star Wars stuff, some Boba Fett stuff, um, uh, sports stuff, music stuff. I mean, it, it was all over the place. But that's sort of why I wanted to include a little bit of a, a, a Patreon preview episode into the main feed, because over on the Patreon, uh, we get nuts. You know, we go crazy. We kind of have uh, a, a, a less structured good time over there. It's a little bit more uh, uh, anything-can-happen sort of show. And I wanted to, again, kind of let you know, like, hey, we're still doing stuff on the podcast. It still exists in one format. And again, if you, if you can't, if you're unable, if you're not interested in, in supporting the show, that's okay. These kind of episodes are going to pop up every now and again. Uh, these sort of like 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 Patreon previews or like little um, mini editions of what we're doing on the show. Those are going to pop up on occasion. So by all means, keep making sure that you are subscribing, liking, and 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 enjoying the show when it, when it does pop up into that that main free feed. Okay. That's that's always going to be something that I try to offer when I can. All right, so thank you for uh, so thank you so much for the support for downloading the show, and and always being awesome, awesome people. We truly, truly appreciate it. And again, another reminder. Again, if you if you gave up on on the social medias, we are still at Tomcast Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and and trying to do things over there. Still sharing a lot of pop culture stuff that 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 I'm enjoying on on social media. So by all means, stay tuned to those things for updates on that stuff. And yeah, again, I hope you enjoyed this little preview. I have missed everybody. I've missed doing the show on a more regular basis, uh, but it has worked out uh, for better for my mental health to have a, 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 a one less thing on my on my plate right now. As, as uh, there are many many plates a spinning right now, and uh, this is uh, uh, being able to step back from the show for to, to a degree has been very very helpful. So if anyone was concerned about me in my mental state, <laughs> this is this is uh, going going the right way for me. But yeah, just another reminder, if you did want to check out the Patreon, you get another hour plus of content on the, on this Peacemaker episode. And again, there's a, fair, a fair amount of it is still related to Peacemaker. There are some side tangents, as we, as we, as we normally do, but yeah, there you go. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Send me your thoughts, send me your, your comments. What did you think of Peacemaker on HBO Max? Did you enjoy it? Were you as blown away by Cena as we were? And, uh, and, the, and the rest of the cast, too. I mean, it's equally wonderful performances throughout. Uh, so many fun touches with the action, the humor, the emotional core, as I mentioned a thousand times. Uh, and and now we're just so glad to, to, to share this little little taste with you. And uh, by all means, go on to Spotify and check out the, the Peacemaker Spotify channel because it is fucking fire. And I say that from the perspective of a person who loves 80s hard rock. So <laughs> maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I'm a little biased. All right. But let's get out of here. Uh, again, I, I thank the Patreons. I thank you all for sticking around and, and enjoying the show as we come out 
on a very sporadic uh, schedule. I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe and being awesome to each other and uh, more importantly, being awesome to yourself. You know, Always take care of yourself. That's always a good, good thing. But not at the expense of others. Don't be a selfish butt. All right? No thanks. Don't do it. I don't even know how I close the show out anymore. I can't even remember. I, uh, <laughs> so we're just going to leave it at that, all right? I, I thank you all once again. We'll talk very, very soon. And uh, maybe you'll see it in the Patreon. But if I don't, I'll see you back here the next time we drop another one of these, one of these shows for you, okay? So take care. Stay good. And uh, uh, again, uh, I don't know how the show ends. Oh, oh yeah. Ciao, babes. So the Tribe drops its third straight on this trip. Six to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah! And I'm a big fan of your beer, too. <laughs>